Hey, welcome to Fairdale Christian Church Online, and we're so thrilled that you're joining us today for worship. My name is Brandon, and I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, man, it's just a great day around here at Fairdale Christian. And we're, we're so honored that you're joining us. Let me tell you a little bit about what you can expect this morning. We're going to have a time of worship. We'll hear some music uh, led by our praise band, and, and uh, hopefully you, you enjoy that. And then there's going to be a time of communion, which we'd love for you to participate in. If you're at home or wherever you are, if you've got some crackers and juice or whatever you'd like to use, uh, we'd love for you to, to remember the sacrifice of Christ along with us. And, uh, and then you're going to hear a message that uh, is just going to be looking at uh, some scripture and, and making some applications to our lives and how God wants to work in us and through us. And I hope that it's challenging and uh, encouraging for you as well. You know, this uh, we, we are so grateful for the opportunity to come direct to you where you are today. Whether you're at home or maybe you're traveling or maybe you're home uh, not feeling well, whatever the case may be. But uh, one thing that we, we say around here often is there's just nothing like being here with, with each other. And it's just so important. Those relationships are so vitally important. So we hope that someday we get the chance soon to meet you. If you're watching uh, for the first time or, or maybe you're just new to us or whether you've been away for a little bit, we would love the opportunity to, to reconnect and hope that uh, we get to do that soon. But I hope that you enjoy the service this morning. We're going to start in just a few moments and just sit back, relax, enjoy, be encouraged. And uh, thanks for joining us here for Christian. We just are having trouble focusing today. God is ready to meet us where we're at. He's ready to meet us as long as we are willing to engage with him. So let's lift our praises to him this morning.
a moment I had a few years ago, I went up to, to Tom Wallace Park and I, I was sitting there, I was watching the, the, the wind, just the wind move across the water. And I was looking down and I was I had some stuff I was working through and I was talking to God about it. I was like, Lord, I just feel like there is too much going on in my life right now. I feel like there is, is just this weight on me that I can't release. And I'm looking down at the, at the wind rippling across the water. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but you're watching something that's moving. And all of a sudden it feels like you're moving when you're staying still. It feels like every, or rather everything's moving around you. And I just felt God tell me in that moment, John, you need to stop focusing so hard on these things that are moving all around you real quick and lift your eyes to me. And the moment you lift your eyes, you're still. It doesn't feel like you're moving anymore. And I think that's just a great metaphor for how we should approach our lives with God. It's so easy to get caught up in those things, those small things, those things that that feel like they're just moving chaotically around us. But when we slow down and we fix our eyes on Jesus, we fix our eyes on the one who made us, everything else comes into perfect alignment. We keep singing today. I hope that this could just be a prayer for us. I hope that this could be just an anthem for us today that we trust God no matter what's going on down here no matter how quick it's moving that we can trust
please be seated. Lord, I pray that you would just ignite that fire within us. Lord, whether we've been wandering, whether we are just distracted for a moment, but Lord, we ask that you would ignite a fire of passion within us for, for your good and for your glory, for your purpose. Lord, we ask that you would, would show us, Lord, reveal to us your purpose for us, Lord, for those of us who are, are seeking and searching that out. Lord, for those who've been serving for a long time, Lord, I just pray for a reinvigoration of that passion. God, we remember your passion. We remember your love for us in this moment. Praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And today, as our servers are coming forward to pass out communion, just want to encourage us to remember, to not forget Jesus' deep love for us. It's easy to, to get hurried and get busy and, and forget. But in this moment, this is a chance for us just to remember, to confess our sin to him, to receive the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us today. We're so excited that you're here to worship with us. Uh, if you're new, if you're visiting with us today, in the back of the chair in front of you is a belong card. If you would fill this out and bring it to the next steps area after service, we'd love to meet you. Um, and we've got a little gift just to say thank you for being with us today. And here's just a few more announcements for you. Hey guys, Family Fun Day is coming up and we are so excited. It's gonna be June 4th, right after second service plan to stick around with your family and we are going to have some outdoor activities, inflatables, and some hot dogs too. 
Hey, don't forget to get Dad something great for Father's Day this year, which is Sunday, June 18th. And also, don't forget to bring Dad to church because we've got a great day planned and we can't wait to share it with you. So be sure to mark your calendar. June 18th, Father's Day here at Fairdale Christian is going to be an awesome day. Hey, everybody. It's that time of year again. Flat Brandon is back. Make sure you grab a coloring page out of the lobby, decorate it with the kids, and we cannot wait to see all the places that Brandon gets to visit this summer. Hey guys, we're looking forward to an awesome family night at the ballpark at Slugger Field on Wednesday evening, June 28th. Uh, your ticket will include all of your food and we would love for you to come down and hang out with us. It's gonna be a great night. The deadline to order tickets is Sunday, June 11th, so be sure to head over to fairdalechristian.org. You can find all the info there and purchase your tickets. So we hope to see you soon. Well, it's good to see you this morning. Glad that you're here. Welcome to Fairdale Christian. And man, I'm, uh, I'm just excited that you're, you're here today. The servers are going to collect our offering. We appreciate your, your generosity in that. But uh, I just uh, want to celebrate a couple of things. One, don't forget to get your, your tickets for the, the ballpark there June 28th. It's going to be a great day, but uh, really looking forward to that. But I, I love when we get to celebrate people that give their life to Christ. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, William Kelty, my boy William, he gave his life to Jesus and was baptized. So let's give it up for him. I think I've got a picture of him. I love this guy. I love that guy. And uh, one other thing I wanted to let you know about, we had planned on having a starting point a couple of weeks ago, and uh, due to some, some things that, that happened, we had to bump that back a little bit. So we are planning to have our next starting point on June 4th, uh, 5 p.m. So those of you that were signed up, we're looking forward to seeing you there. And those of you that didn't get a chance to sign up, but you're interested in maybe, hey, how do I join this church? Or what do I, what do I need to know? Or what do you all believe? Or what, what is this church all about? Or you just want to get to know some of the, the people around here, some of the leaders, we'd love to invite you to join us for that. And you can sign up online or swing by the Next Steps area before you leave right out in the lobby, and they'll get you all taken care of. Also, the seniors, our senior adults, are having their outing this Thursday in Indiana. There's a sign-up in the lobby for that if you uh, want to be part of that. And uh, one, one more thing. I'm just so excited uh, in, our, in our next service at the 11 o'clock service is going to be our very first uh, deaf interpreted service ever in the history of Fairdale Christian. We've got about 20 deaf uh, individuals that are going to be joining us. So just, yeah. I'm really, really looking forward to that. It's been on my heart for a long, long time and just uh, so excited for God to be moving in our, in our community like that. Now I have been uh, thinking about well, I've been thinking a lot about how fast life comes at us. That's been the title of this series is Life Comes at You Fast. And it just seems like there are long days and short years, and it just seems unbelievable. I'm loving all the prom pictures that I've been seeing. Some of y'all, you got kids, grandkids that went to prom. Hard to believe that, that you know they could be that old. I, my oldest son went to prom this year. He's only a sophomore, but he, he's, he's got it just like his dad. He went with an older girl. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I just can't believe that I'm old enough to have a child that goes to prom. I feel like I just went to prom, you know, and it's just, it's just crazy. I heard about a young guy that finally got up the nerve to ask this girl that he had a big crush on to go to prom with him. So he finally asked her, and she said, okay, I'll go with you on three conditions. Number one, I want you to get me some really nice flowers, you know, corsage or something to wear. 
And number two, I want to go in a limousine. She's kind of high maintenance like that. And number three, I want to eat at a really nice restaurant before we go to prom. And so he says, yes, anything. I'll, I'll take care of it. So he ordered the flowers. He arranged for the limo and got a reservation at the restaurant. And uh, the day of the prom comes, he goes to pick up the, the corsage before he goes to meet her. And it's really busy in there. Everybody waited to the last minute. So he's waiting in line. And uh, that finally got his flowers, which made him late to go meet the girl. And he says, I'm so sorry. I was so busy. I had to wait in line. And, and then uh, the limousine's there. They get in the limousine and head to the restaurant. But there's heavy traffic. And so they're stuck in traffic. And they're waiting and waiting and waiting. That makes them late to get to the restaurant. They missed their reservation. It's really busy. So they're waiting and waiting and waiting at the restaurant before they can get in. And they finally eat, go to the prom and all that. And, you know, it's just the, the, the girl says to the, to the boy, she says, you know, I'm really thirsty. And he says, well, give me just a second. So he walks over and comes right back with two glasses of punch. She says, well, that was quick. And he said, there's no punchline. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Now, I ran that joke by my kids last night, and two of the three I don't think got it. I'm not sure. I, but part of, the, part of the problem is with, with how, how short life is. We try to hang on. We try to cling to it. We're obsessed with the moments, and we don't live for the long haul. You know, it's... Uh, It's just interesting how we're we're just, we just can't hardly think past a day. You probably know who Jeff Bezos is, founder of Amazon, big company, you know, has totally changed the way that we shop and think about, you know, ordering things online, those sort of things. But I found out an interesting thing that he did uh, recently. He's been part of a project to build a gigantic clock in a mountain in Texas. It's called the 10,000-year clock. And Bezos donated $43 million of his own personal money towards the building of this clock. And, and here, this thing is so bizarre to me. It is, uh, it's, it's 200 feet tall. And like I said, it's, it's going to be in this huge mountain in the middle of nowhere. Like you got to really, it's like a day's hike to get to it. And the thing with the clock is it will tick once a year. It will gong once a century, and there's a cuckoo in it. It will cuckoo once a millennia. This thing's massive, and, and there's this whole group that's been working together to build it. Uh, the whole thing, it's, it's this group that had this idea, kind of this vision to build this thing. And, and again, they're building this huge clock. You see, there's the counterweights and all that. Building this massive clock that they will never hear the first gong. And, and you think, okay, why, why, would they, why would they do that? Well, this group, they want us as humans to begin thinking beyond the right now. They want to foster long-term thinking. The clock's inventor, Danny Willis, introduced the idea of it with this context. He said, I cannot imagine the future, but I care about it. And I know I'm part of a story that starts long before I can remember and continues long beyond when anyone will remember me. I sense that I'm alive at a time of important change, and I feel a responsibility to make sure that the change comes out well. I plant my acorns knowing I will never live to harvest the oaks. 
You know, for us, uh, we're, we're really not very good at, at that. We're not good at long-term thinking. We, we tend to live in the moment. I get frustrated all the time. I say, I wish I, had, I wish I had some fruit trees at my house. Every year, every year I say that. I wish we had some fruit trees. You know the one thing I haven't done? Plant fruit trees. <laughs> I'm too impatient. I'm like, oh, it'll take years. I don't want to. I just wish we had fully developed fruit trees. You know, I'm just living in the moment. Maybe, you know, for us, we think about the day, but rarely do we think about, you know, maybe we can kind of think about the end of the quarter, but rarely do we think about a year or a decade or even a life. Everything in our world is so short-term and so disposable. And yet when you and I come into a relationship with Christ, we are invited into something that is eternal. That will far, far, far outlive this life and these experiences and these moments. It's so much bigger. And what I want to challenge us with today is we think about legacy. What, what is coming behind us? What are the things that you're doing today? What are the things that God wants to do through you today that may not be for you? That you may never see the fruit of it, but they're really not, not for you at all. This is the question I just want us to wrestle with in our minds, is what are the footprints that you're leaving, the memories you're creating, and the values that you're instilling that are going to outlive you? And I think about that kind of legacy and impact and think about baseball, you know, baseball season. I love it. I, I love going to games. Uh, you know, can't help but think about Jackie Robinson. You probably remember, uh, you know, recognize the number 42, Jackie Robinson, the Dodgers. Uh, he was the first African-American to play in Major League Baseball, broke a lot of barriers and uh, a lot of records. And as a result of his of his hard work and his influence, he paved the way for a lot of people in the black community. I love this quote by Jackie. He said one time, he said, A life is not important except in the impact it has on other lives. That's what outlives you. Now, in Hebrews chapter 11, in the New Testament, there's a great passage of Scripture, and it's all about legacy. Uh, it, it's, known as, it's known as the Hall of Faith. And it starts by really defining what, what is faith? What is it? And here's what it says in the first few verses. Verse 1 says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's what, it's what I'm hoping for. It's what I believe in my heart, what I know and what I'm trusting in. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith. We understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we see now did not come from anything that can be seen. That's one of the biggest questions that's been puzzling men for, since, there's been, since there's been people. How did this all get here? You know, when we stare out into, the, into space and we look down into the smallest molecule and we see the intricacy and the, the design and the, and the complexity of it, way out there and way in here and we say how did this come to be and that's what hebrew 11 is reminding us is by faith we understand this because we trust and we know that we have a god and a creator who set it into motion and and created these things and 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 then after those verses what it does in, in hebrews 11 it highlights these different uh these different people throughout scripture it says by faith abraham 
did this. By faith, Noah did this. By faith, by faith. It keeps talking about the faith of these great heroes in the Old Testament. It says that these guys did this, this woman, these women did, did that. And it just goes on saying these people are amazing. Look how wonderful uh, their, their lives were. And then in verse 13, this is what it says. It says, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. Now, they did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Now, let me tell you, if you're a person who thinks long-term, if you're a person that thinks about legacy and instilling values that will be left behind, memories and and, and leaving footprints, all those sort of things, if you're a person that thinks that way, you are going to very much feel like a stranger and an alien, and a foreigner on the earth, because our, our world is all about quick, instant gratification. What, what, what do I get for me right now? This is what I want. This is who I want to be. And we're certainly not going to deny ourselves of any, uh, you know, for any kind of cause outside of ourselves. And that's what the world says. If you want it, go get it. You, you, you deserve it. Do what, do what makes you happy. Do what feels good. Life is so short, so you might as well enjoy it. And yet Jesus comes along with a very strange message. He says, if you want to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself. Totally different from what the world says. That passage goes on and says in verse 14, Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country that they can call their own. If they longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place. We're looking for a better place. A heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. Now that is a curious line. Just think about that for a second. Let's read that. That is why God is not ashamed. To be called their God. Why would God be ashamed for someone to call him their God? That's an interesting thing to think about. Because if we're reading it in this context, what would it be that God would be ashamed of? It appears to me that God would be ashamed of people who only think in short term. In just the moment. He'd be ashamed to be called the God of people who all they care about is this moment right now, this day, how I feel, what I, what I have. And I don't care, I'm not concerned at all about anything outside of me or anything outside of this moment right here, right now. But I, I know and, and can see from this verse that God is proud to be called the God of people that have a big vision. People who are investing their lives into something that will outlive them. So I'm kind of a sucker for, uh, for cool old things. I, I like, I really like old things. That uh, must be why I married my wife, because she's a year older than me. <laughs> just want people to know that. She turned 40 this year, and I'm just 39, so she's in the Middle Ages, and I'm still back here and. You know, but I but I I do I do love old things. Okay, and since I mentioned clocks, let me show you one of my clocks. Uh, this this thing here, I've had this for a long time. Actually, this was 
I, I got this when I was a teenager, believe it or not. And I had this in my bedroom when I was growing up, and now it's in my basement. And, and what it is, it's, a, it's an old school clock. It came out, I don't know if you guys over there can see it, I'll kind of turn it so everybody can get a, a peek. It's kind of neat. But it, it was in an old school in my hometown where I grew up in northern Kentucky. And they tore down the building, uh, but somebody saved this clock. And so I got it at a yard sale. I can't remember exactly where I got it, but I had to replace the movement on it. But other than that, it's in its original condition. And the thing I, I love about this clock, and maybe I'm just weird the way my brain works, uh, I know that there were school children, think about little kids, you know, first grade, second grade, whatever. I think about these little kids that sat in class just squirming, squirming, and squirming, watching this clock waiting for it to get to a certain time when it was recess. They could go out and maybe play baseball or for it to be lunchtime or for it to be the end of the day that they could go home and do what they wanted to do. And, and I think about those kids that for, for years and years and years, their little faces watching this, this clock, and a lot of those little kids, maybe all of them, are no longer with us. They're gone. And yet this clock, keeps time time keeps moving it just keeps going and and what when i look at this clock i keep it i keep it down in my base i got a little spot where i go and i talk to the lord and kind of spend time and that's this is one of the things that i have sitting right where i right where i sit and i look at the clock and i'm reminded that time is the one thing that we all wish we could get more of we'd give anything to just have some more of it, and yet it's the one thing that there's nothing that we, you and I could do to have more of it. Once it's gone, it's gone. And you think about this for a second. If I were to give you today, if I were to give you a million dollars, I bet you'd feel pretty happy about that. You'd probably be pretty thrilled. Not as thrilled as I would be if I had an extra million dollars sitting around to just give out, but you'd be pretty happy. If I gave you a million dollars today, there, I, I, just, I bet you that there's nothing that could put you in a bad mood. I think if you left here and you got caught, cut off in traffic or someone was rude to you or, you know, whatever, you get home and the hot water heater went out or something's broken, there's, I don't think there's a thing in your life that could happen that would put you in a bad mood if I gave you a million dollars today. Nothing could steal a second of joy from you. But what about this? What if I offered you $10 million, but the catch is tomorrow you won't wake up? Would you take it? I don't, I don't really know anybody that would take that deal. So what that tells me is the fact that you woke up today is worth more to you than $10 million. Just the fact that you're here, just the fact that you opened your eyes today, why would we waste a moment of time feeling anything other than gratitude for the moments that we have and for the gift that God's given us of this life. And when it comes to legacy, because at some point for all of us, this clock is going to stop for us. That's just the reality. What are the things that we're leaving behind? The footprints, the memories, the values. What are the things that you're doing today, the seeds that you're planting that God has called you to plant, that are going to be around a long time after you're gone. In the New Testament book of Titus, the Apostle Paul writes this. He says, as for you, Titus, I want you to promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. 
Teach the older men. Now listen up, guys. Teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and love their children and to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the Word of God. What you see there is really this, this incredible instruction. What, he, what he's saying is, hey, those of you who are older, those of you who have more experience and wisdom, you have a unique contribution to those that are coming behind you. There's something that only you can teach to set an example for how to live. Unfortunately, in our culture, we don't always value that. We don't always value long-term thinking. Uh, we don't value wisdom and experience. Now, I heard a theory this week. Now, it's, just, it's just a theory, okay? So I don't know whether it's got... Uh, I don't know if this is the case or not, but it's certainly interesting to think about. There's a theory as to why Alzheimer's is so rampant in our country, in the western part of the world, and, and why it's not nearly as big a deal in the eastern part of the world, in part because we have convinced ourselves that as I get older, I have nothing to offer. And so in eastern countries, it's just the opposite. As in, in so many places in the world, as people get older and they age, they're regarded as full of wisdom and life experience, and they're treasured. But for us, unfortunately, we've been brainwashed into thinking just short term. It's just about right now. It's all about youth. And, and, and you, know, you know, once you get to a certain age, and I guess that's you, know, you, you have got nothing left to, to add. One of those people, when I think about people who have been valuable and treasured for me, has been Phil Miller. Uh, I mentioned Phil last week and his journey right now with uh, uh, dealing with cancer. And he has been a great friend to me and, uh, and a mentor in many ways. He's like a father figure to me. But the influence that he has in my life has just been off the charts. And, and I know that that's true for a lot of people in this room, too. I mean, he feels like he's been that for a lot of people because of his faithfulness, because of his love for the Lord, because of his love for people. And I'm, I'm just going to say this. We need more people like Phil and Marsha Miller. And that, that's why I'm talking about legacy, something that will go beyond you, something that goes beyond this moment. How do you live your life? What are the things that God's calling you to do to make a difference in the lives of people around you that will outlive you. I can't tell you how many people there are that are walking around today with no direction, no vision for their life, absolutely not an idea in their head of what God might possibly, possibly want for them or that he would even want to be in a relationship with them and what they need more than anything else, what these people are longing for. They seem so lost. They seem so distant. Maybe they seem angry and bitter and turned off, but what they need is a caring, mature person, full of wisdom, who's not afraid to pour into them, to light the path, 
to care enough. And as I've been thinking about legacy and how, how fast life comes at us, I want to share three quick principles that I believe are vital to leaving a, a lasting legacy. If you want to be that type of person, if you want to be that Hebrews 11 type of faithful person, that these people, they're regarded as heroes, they never saw what God had promised them, but they, they got a glimpse of it, and yet they, they never stopped trusting. If you want to be that kind of person, three things I think you have to do, non-negotiables. Num number one, you have to be intentional. Nobody leaves a legacy on accident. You've got to do it on purpose. A meaningful legacy begins with being intentional. If you feel like you've got nothing to offer, then you're already defeated. You're already in a negative headspace, and you've got to get out of that negative mentality. And you have to remember, these are God's words, not mine. God's words. You were formed for a purpose. He knew you when he knit you together in your mother's womb. There's no accidents here. There's no mistakes. There's nobody that just slipped under the radar and God's surprised that you exist. You were made on purpose, for purpose. You have value. And God wants to use your life in a way to make a difference in the world. I was talking to, to John, our worship minister, the other day, and, and I love what he said. He, he was saying, you know, we are so programmed to think that life is just all about us and that God's role in our lives is to just bless us and to just make us happy and give us what we want. And he said, and really, the, the reality is, and we forget that our lives belong to God. Absolutely, we are his and, and we're here to be a small part of the bigger mission that he is doing on the earth. Titus 2 verse 7, it says, you yourself must be an example to, to them, to these to people outside of ourselves. You've got to be an example by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. You've probably heard the expression, people don't care what you know until they know you care. One of the biggest most horrible things that, that exist, and I hate that it even exists, but the fact that there is abuse and scandal within churches around the world, it just gives a black eye to our faith. And people say, ha, look, see, these people, they say one thing and look what they do. And that's what he's talking about. You've got to be an example. Let everything that you do reflect that integrity, the purity of what we know in Jesus Christ. If you're going to leave a legacy, you've got to understand who God made you to be and I'm thankful for the people in my life who've made a difference for me and in me on purpose. It wasn't an accident. But the second thing that you've got to do, now again, I'm just convinced of this, you have to be loving. I know some people that, that think they're going to set the world on fire and change hearts and minds by just going out and debating. You know, if I, just got, if I can just have an airtight argument, or if I can just, I'll just shout you down, or I'll go pick at a protest or whatever else, and I am just convinced that that has never changed a single mind, ever. And all it does is it, it, just, it just hardens those who already think the way that you do. It's just, it's just like, yep, I'm in this group, and I'm in that group. You know, that's, that's all. It doesn't, uh, but a lasting legacy is built on love. And, and you've got to remember, love is not just an emotion. I'm not talking tingly, wingly feelings like, oh, I've got to go out and, you know, give little kisses and butterfly kisses and hug, get snuggle up close. It's, it's, love is action. It's what you do. It's showing compassion. It, it's ex extending forgiveness. It's being present for other people. It's that I'm 
not so focused on myself for a moment. I, I, I care about you. What can I do to serve you? How can I build you up? How can I invest in your life? That's why Jesus said in John 15 that there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's about as hardcore as you get. That's not tingly-wingly feelings. There's no greater love than if you would suffer and bleed and die for another person. That's what Jesus said. And it's the truth. That's what love is. And the last principle I want to share is that a lasting legacy, you have to be faithful. You can't waffle back and forth and think that you're going to do anything of substance. You cannot be a Sunday morning Christian. I show up, we sit, and we look really good, and then we go home, and we're totally different than what we are on Sunday morning. You will not leave a legacy. There will not be a legacy that will be passed down to your children if you force them to be here on Sunday morning and you don't model what we talk about on Monday. It will not happen, folks. It's not going to come through osmosis here. You as the parent, you as the grandparent, you are the number one primary mentor. You, you are the number one person that is going to pass on faith, instill values into your children. I do the best I can. Riley, our student minister, does the best he can. Mary Art back there in children's ministry, she does the best she can. But we get one hour a week if you're here every Sunday. That's not enough. We have to model it. It's the whole teaching in Hebrews 11. Faith leaves a legacy. Verse 13 says, all these people, they died still believing what God had promised them. They never gave up. They, they did not receive what was promised, but they saw it from a distance. I think, it, I think it's going to happen. I can see what God is doing. And they welcomed that. What are the things that you're trusting God to do through you, even if you won't be around to see it? The values you're working hard to instill in your, in your kids and your grandkids. I know you're exhausted. I know it's hard. Trust me. I know. It's really hard to be consistent. It's really hard when you're exhausted and the kids are saying, hey, aren't we going to read that Bible verse and pray tonight? And you say, all I want to do is go lay in bed right now. Can we do it tomorrow night? It's really hard to be faithful. But you know what? When I read my Bible, I don't see anywhere in Scripture where Jesus says, oh, yeah, no, just it's okay if you're tired. Don't worry about it. Just go to bed. I don't see that anywhere. What I see is Jesus saying, if you're going to follow me, pick up a cross. There's moments you want to give up, but your legacy is going to be rooted in faith. You, you may, and, and let's just be real, you may never see your child or your grandchild accept Christ. I hope that you do. I really hope that you do. I hope that, that they will move past their short-term thinking and that they will grow into maturity. Hopefully you modeled that well. And they'll start thinking about things that really matter. But let's face reality. There's a chance that you may never see the fruit of your faith. But that doesn't mean there won't be fruit. I love this quote by Nelson Henderson. He says, the true meaning of life is to plant trees. Under whose shade you do not expect to sit. I guess I better go buy some fruit trees. <laughs> what do you do? You keep being faithful. Even when it doesn't feel good, you keep being consistent. Even when you feel like giving up, 
you continue to trust even when your faith feels like it's shaken to the core. Just like these heroes in Hebrews 11, they still trusted. They never received from God what they were hoping for, but they saw it from a distance. They said, I think it's coming. And that was enough. Keep speaking the truth. Do it in love. Extend grace. Trust that God was still faithful in drawing lost people to himself, even when we don't see it. We continue to be faithful. One thing I've noticed about those who leave a legacy, you know, there's just people that you, you, you see them and you know, like, man, that person's going to be remembered for a long time. And the, what they did, the difference that it's made in people's lives, that's going to stick around for a couple of generations at least. Those people, they are people who, you know, there are people who want less on their plate, and then there are people who take on more responsibility. Those legacy people, they're the type that take on more responsibility. I see people who retire all the time, like, oh, finally, I got to check out for the last time. Whew, now it's my time. I'm not going to do anything for anybody ever again. I'm going to sit up and prop my feet, and I'm going to watch Wheel of Fortune, and that's going to be the rest of my life. And they turn around, and they die within two years. It's like, man, there's nothing left for them. And then you see people who retire and say, I'm busier now than I ever was. I'm running grandkids here and there, and I'm involved in my church, and I'm serving in the community, and I'm doing, these, and I'm doing all this stuff. I'm like, oh, boy, I wish I could go back to work because I'd be less busy. Those are the people that leave a legacy. That they're, they're, they step up to the plate, not away from it. In fact, a matter of fact, I'll just brag on our, our guys around here. Each one of our elders, the elders, are the guys that are the spiritual leaders here every single one of them are guys like that that's why i wanted each one of them to be leaders here because when i look at them and i look at their life and i look at how they lead that's who they are they don't back away from responsibility they step up to the plate that's why they serve this church because they love the lord and they love the people that are here and they will not bring shame on the word of god i've served in churches where people have been resistant to change you always say the methods change, but the message always stays the same. Now, I've been in churches where people have been resistant to change. Every one of our elders here, they've been leaders of change. They've pushed me, even, and I, and I like change for the most part, but they, they've been people who pushed me and, and stretched my thinking. And I believe that's a huge mark of legacy. It's somebody that doesn't go through life looking at everything through the rearview mirror. Thinking about, you know, focus on the good old days, and boy, couldn't we just go back, and all these kids today, they've got it all messed up, and everything's bad, bad, oh, it's not like it used to be. Those people don't leave legacies. The people who leave legacies are the ones who are focused on what's ahead, looking through the windshield, and saying, what is God going to do next? Can't wait to be part of that. And my prayer and hope is that that's you. I certainly want it to be you. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be a small part of what you're doing in the world. Thanks for loving us and for, really, for trusting us with this mission, this important role of carrying the good news of Christ to people around us. Help us to do that well. Help us to be faithful in it. Remind us, Lord, that our time is brief long days and short years remind us Lord that we're not going to be around for forever 
And yet what will be, there's going to be people coming behind us that need to know that there's hope. And help us to plant seeds now, help us to plant trees now that others will sit under the shade. That we will make a difference. And one day I know we'll, we'll see that in eternity. Lord, thanks for loving us. Thanks for forgiving us of our sin. And we thank you for Jesus, our Savior. And it's in his name I pray. Amen. God bless you guys. I'll see you next Sunday. Hey, thanks a lot for joining us today. I hope that you were encouraged. And if there's anything that we can do for you, please reach out. You can find a lot of our contact information on our website at fairdalechristian.org. Feel free to reach out to any of our staff. We'd love the chance to connect. And I hope we get to meet you soon. God bless.